Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello, good morning. Hey, good to see you guys. Hey, if you're hanging out in the lobby out there, get your butts in here. We got some things to share today. Well, hey, uh, my name's Ryan. If we haven't met before, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward so we can give an offering together. If you guys would pray with me for that, that'd be lovely. God, thank you for just the ways that you have continued to take care of us. God, thank you that um, we get to take part in, uh, in your word that we're sharing everything that we have in common. God, I, I love that we get to be that, that kind of a, a family together, that kind of a force together as a church. Um, we want you to use our money to rescue people from despair. Uh, and, and we've seen so many of them. I, it happened to me. It happened to so many people in this room where they came face to face with Jesus and they ended up falling in love with him and and things started to change. And God, we just want to make your name more famous. So we pray that that we would be able to part with some of what you've given to us and just know that it's going towards drawing your kids back to you. Bless us. Thank you for this season that we get to be generous. Thank you for being generous with us. We just pray for uh, your provision, your blessing, your favor, so that we can do more kingdom work for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, they're going to pass those along. Well, hey, um, I want to invite a friend up to the stage uh, for you guys to to meet uh, and hear from for just a minute. Uh, This is Jen Klein. Everybody say hi to Jen. Um, If you haven't met Jen before, she's um, really a big part of a lot of different things here at Vineyard Westside. She's one of the members of our board of trustees. Uh, She also serves in multiple different ministry areas as well as leading um, lots of different things. And you're one of the people who I I love um, because you are getting your finger on the pulse of all the things that are going on here at the church. And so she's one of the people that if you have questions about something, uh, she'd be a good one to ask. Ha! Apparently, I may not have the answer, but <laughs> I will try to find are we, the person Are we on does. on that thing? Yes, I was there we told go. to hold the microphone just like this and to just keep talking and they will figure out the sound from here. So. If I Let's look see. stiff, I'm just trying to do what they tell me to. Is it unmuted or is it on? They un- told me not to touch all right. me. Can you all hear me? Sheesh. Sheesh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they can hear me, so that's all that, that's all that matters. So um, I just wanted to share a little bit um, because one of the new sections on the circulars, just a call out of, you know, what can we do in 2024 and what are you possibly being moved to do in 2024? And one of the things that was moving me uh, last year, at the beginning of last year, was that um, you know moving through COVID, 
of course, we, uh, my husband and I just started watching stuff all over YouTube and all kinds of different preachers, and it, it just, it moved us, and we were learning things, and I just felt this calling, like, I got to share this stuff. Like, this stuff impacted me. This could impact others. I want to talk to others about this stuff. Like, I want to see what they think about it, and that kind of calling is what made me start the Thursday groups that I've done throughout 2023. So that type of feeling, if, you're, if you feel like, man, something's really touched you, something really helped move your faith forward, uh, and that something in you is just telling you that, hey, this helped me, and you know what? There's someone in church that I know needs to hear this too, right? And if that type of thing is moving in your heart, that's, that's a call for you to maybe start a group in 2024. So think about it, pray about it. Um, there are connection cards in the backs of all the seats. There's an announcement form on the church app. There's a, a um, paper on the connections desk that you can like put your name down and just put like, I want to start a small group and put a contact. And so just so that the board knows that the Holy Spirit's calling you and that you have this interest, and then we can reach out to you and start talking about, well, what's your idea? What does it look like? What day are you looking for? You know, how long will it be? It doesn't have to be all year. You know, my group started out in 2023 just two times a month because I knew I couldn't do it every single week. So it doesn't have to be a huge, it can fit your life and, and touch the church. So... Think about it, pray about it, and just find a way to reach out to the board. And we're going to find a way to get some more programs here in 2024 so that we can all grow in our faith together and get some more people here and just share God's love, right? Just, yeah. just share. Hey. We have questions, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you fill out a Connect card, yeah, just put it in a seed box and that's fine. Otherwise, the paper that's on the, the um, connections desk uh, that gets... To the board automatically so and then if you do the church app that comes in through all the emails so yeah but if you fill out the form on the back of the chairs the connect form just put it in the seat box thank you thanks Cindy thank you right. well, I, well one of the things that I like that you talked about with the group is that um, you don't have to be a professional group leader um, you you don't have to have any kind of special experience or anything we're um, <laughs> We're trying to help with coming up with, maybe you already have an idea, maybe um, you saw a YouTube series that could be four weeks long to talk about something. Um, and really all you have to be able to do is facilitate and ask questions. You don't have to have all the answers or anything. It's kind of a thing where a lot of times we're learning together. Yeah, I think that's, that's true, especially in the, the Thursday class that I've done. I mean, it's really just watching the YouTube video, and then it's sitting around going, how'd that make you feel? Like, but, so it's, I mean, this is where if you get two or more people in the room, then God's there, and the Holy Spirit teaches you. So it's through that conversation and that discourse of talking to each other about these messages that I think allows the Holy Spirit to come in, and you end up teaching each other. Um, and you end up building relationships that way um, here at the church as well. Sounds good to me. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, hey, hey. Um, hopefully you got a program when you came in. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of important stuff going on, so hopefully you go through this and 
and take part in some of it. Uh, today, I, I want to piggyback right onto the, the last song we did in worship, Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel means what? What was that? Yeah, God with us. That God is with us um, here and now. He's not just this distant being that we have to try to make a cosmic phone call to and hope he answers, that he's with us, he's here. Um, It says in Matthew chapter 1, Look, the virgin will conceive a child... And she will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. For Christians, those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, uh, those of us who would, would say that we're following him, that we've surrendered to him, that that's what Christians are. I, I'm, I'm saying it in a couple ways because it's come up a couple times in the last couple weeks where people... You know, I don't know if it's like if people are feeling like not cool or something by saying that they're a Christian. They're like, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus died on a cross for me. Oh, yeah, that he that he died for my sins. I gave myself over to him. But I don't call myself a Christian. I'm like, well, what the heck are you? What are you doing? Because you are one. And so if you have given yourself over to that belief that Jesus died on a cross for you, for your sins, then you're a believer. For Christians, it's really, really, really easy for us to keep on believing in God when we're on the mountaintop, when things are going really, really well, when God is blessing us in some way. And that mountaintop can look like a lot of different things. For some, it's that you, you got another raise at work, you got another bonus at work, that you got another promotion at work, that uh, you know, you're having certain wins with your team of whatever sort it is. Uh, it could be that you're on the, you know, um, it's, easy, it's easy to be celebrating and believing and praising God when you're on the mountaintop. I went to a... a an incredible event last night. I was invited to uh, the FC Cincinnati game, uh, which a championship game against the lousy, lousy Columbus crew. Um, and it, it's if you haven't been to one of the FC Cincinnati games, it's just unbelievable. I was not a soccer fan several years ago, and I have flipped. I'm on the dark side now. I love. I love it. And. I, I know what offsides is finally. Oh my gosh. It took forever. But I got to go to this, this game, which was sold out, 25,513 people. Uh, it felt like more. It was wild. Um, it was exciting. And I went with three people who have season tickets, and, and they had an extra ticket, and I got to go with them. And they, FC, was winning... Two to zero. They're winning two to zero. And a lot of times in soccer, I mean, two to zero is a pretty good, a pretty good lead. And I'm telling you what, man, that stadium was on a mountaintop. And then they lost in overtime with like just a couple minutes left. And there were 
three unanswered goals, and they lost three to two, and it went, it came crashing down, and the entire atmosphere of that place just like deflated like a whoopee cushion. And everybody's like cheering and celebrating, and then people are like wanting to fight. And I got to drive home with three season ticket holders who I'm going to say were more invested in it than me. And they were, it was just, it was a quiet, it was a quiet ride home. And all of a sudden, came crashing down from that mountaintop down into the valley, into the valley. And in the valley, that's not, normally that's not where you're saying God is good all the time, in the valley. You're not usually excited about believing. It's a lot more difficult in the valleys. You feel like you're alone. You feel like you're scared. You feel like um, you're, you're never going to stop hurting. It's, it's always bad news. Immediately, we're, wa- we're walking back to the, the long walk, back to the car, and it's all I hear from all these people all around. I'm so sick of Cincinnati sports. We always lose. We suck at everything. <sighs> I mean, that's what it feels like in the valley. And the, mountaintop, and the mountaintop could be different stuff for you. It could be your kid slept through the night for the first time. And you're like, praise Jesus. <laughs> could be that you got that parking spot and you're just like, God loves me. It's the mountaintop. But sometimes you come crashing down. Uh, the first year that I was a pastor uh, at this church I, eight, 18 years ago, uh, my first official year on staff where I quit my other job because they said at church, we want to hire you here full time to do church stuff and be a pastor. I was like, you just let anybody do it. <laughs> but okay. I became a pastor and it was very new everything's new about it uh, and I was on a mountaintop because I was honestly I was suddenly I was making more money than I was so I was um, my I wasn't making a lot of money at the job before this one but all of a sudden I was making a little bit more money and I was doing something that was fulfilling and it was just so exciting that I'm like I get I'm getting paid to do this this stuff now you know what I was doing before? I was cleaning aquariums. I was working for a company called Wet Pets, and I was, I was sucking up fish poop with that little vacuum thing. And I, I mean, I'm masterful with getting that siphon going. I can still help you clean your tank. But I was Deuce Bigelow for a while. And then all of a sudden, I'm doing this, diff- and it, it was just on a mountaintop. And Things were going good, and marriage was going good, and we had just had, um, you know, this is after, after going for a little while, we had just had our, our first baby, that kid right there that's an old, old lady now, and, uh, and we went on vacation. We drove to Florida with, with some friends from church because we had all these new friends. We had all these new people in our lives that we couldn't, we couldn't even imagine living without all of a sudden. People that are, people that you'd actually go on vacation with. And we went on vacation and just had the greatest time together. And 
I remember I smoked a cigar trying to play golf in the 99 degree weather and I threw up. But other than that, it was really good. And we were just on that mountaintop and we drove home. We got back home and uh, see, it was my first year in ministry and I was new to how the taxes worked. You guys are going to guess it didn't go in my favor, aren't you? See, as a, a minister, there's weird tax stuff that goes on. I'm kind of considered uh, self-employed, and I have to pay self-employment taxes. You have to itemize everything. It was the first time for all this stuff. And all I knew is I had to withhold some money um, so that I could pay for whatever these taxes were. And I didn't really know how to do everything, so I tried to save some receipts as best as I could, and I didn't really know what to do. So I hired a, a, a professional tax accountant to do it this first time. And we got back home from vacation, and it's when I got the letter in the mail from the accountant saying that, well, the money that you held aside, you're short by $10,800. <laughs> I didn't have $10,800. Like, we just got back from vacation. I didn't have $10.80, I don't think. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was like, we just, we pulled in the driveway. We weren't even up the driveway yet, and it was just crashing down in the valley. Just a nosedive. Man, those valleys are rough. And some of you are in a valley right now with marriage stuff. You feel like you're in a valley like, you got married, and you made promises to each other, and you were like, oh, I'll love you for the rest of my life. And now you're like, I can't, I don't even want to be around you today. <laughs> or you're struggling with your kids in some way, or your job, or whatever. You're wondering how, how are we going to pay for Christmas this year? People are in that spot, just, and you feel like you're in a valley the thing with valleys, though, the thing that God keeps teaching me, just keep, it's the place, the place that I learn, it's the place that I grow, it's the place where I get closer with God, always seems to be in the valley. That that's the place where it builds my faith. That's the place where when I think God's not going to show up, He does. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately, closely in those valleys. That's where we get to know him. It says in Psalm chapter 84, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. As they pass through the valley of Baca. The valley of Baca in this, this region was a wasteland. It was a, a kind of a desert country. It was thorns and there were wild animals. It says there were lots of poisonous snakes, vipers. There were probably house cats. No, oh, I like cats. I'm just, I got to make fun of something. 
but that it was a place of danger. It was a place of, um, of drought. It was nearly impossible to travel through this area without facing some kind of trouble or hardship. You had to know that I'm going to be going through the Valley of Baca. Some things are going to get hairy. Things are going to get crazy in this place. It just always does. It's, things don't go according to plan when we go through this valley. It's also known as the Valley of Tears or the Valley of Weeping. Some would call it the Valley of Loss. Some of you might be in a valley of loss right now. We're like, just what else is going to happen to us? Like, what else? Wh- why us? What are we doing wrong? It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And it's talking about whose strength, God's strength being in us. Blessed are those whose strength is in you that their strength is resting in him see the thing is if what i had talked about it if you're if you're a christian if you're a believer if you've surrendered your life to jesus um that's one thing if you if you don't know jesus yet if you haven't done that yet if you wouldn't call yourself a christian the thing is all that you have is all that you have all you've got is it, like whatever you got, your house, your car, your job, your family, your, your skills, your inheritances, your lack of inheritances, your, if you don't have Christ, then all you have is all you have. It's exhausted. Like if you get all used up, you're, it's gone, right? Because that's all you have. You can't, and you might say, I, I, I just can't take any more, or I don't think I can make it. And if you don't have more, if you don't have Christ, you're not going to make it. See, because those of us who are Christians, those of us who have made that decision to accept the, the work that Jesus did on the cross for us, we have something much more than what we have. We don't have just what we have. It's not just about what we have and what we can do and what we can come up with and what we can earn. We have more than what we have. When we're connected to Jesus, it's like we're connected to a backup power grid. And that backup power grid is stronger than the original one. All of a sudden, we have access. Yes. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take those claps. We have access, though, to more. It's not just, all oh, the battery's dead. Uh-uh, I got one of them chargers. We have more. The Bible doesn't say, blessed are those who make it on their own. It doesn't say, blessed are those who figure it all out by themselves. It does not say, blessed are those who are able to hold it all together on their own. A lot of us, we, we, we are, we're in that place where we want to be independent. We say that I stood on my own two feet. I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. And maybe you want to shove that in somebody else's face that 
that they've got help for too many things and that you did all this on your own. You were able to survive. You were able to make it somehow. Why can't they do it? And so sometimes we'll throw that around and and we want to feel independent, but you were created to depend on God. You were created to depend on him. It's Years ago, when I was working for Wet Pets, my work buddy that I drove around in a truck with, uh, my partner in crime was a guy named Wayne. Wayne was a muscle head who was always trying to get me to go to the gym. I, I finally, I went to the gym with him, I don't know, like six times. Finally went with him. I remember one of the times that I went with Wayne, he wanted us to do these bench presses where we were going to kind of do a bit higher weight, whatever I was able to handle for a certain amount of reps. If you've ever lifted weight, a lot of times you'll, you'll do maybe three or four sets of something. So you'll do uh, 12 repetitions, and then you'll get off of there, and you'll go get a drink of water and wander around for a while if you're me. You go back, you do maybe 10 repetitions, you do that a few different sets. But what he wanted to do was he wanted to burn us out completely. So, so we're going to do some of that, but we're going to start doing higher repetitions with lower and lower weight. And so I remember we got to where, um, to burn ourselves out, he said, we're just going to bench press the bar. And so we're just, we're sitting there bench pressing the bar. <laughs> okay. But he said, we're going to try and do it 50 times. We're going to try and do it 50, just the bar. It doesn't feel bad at first, but then you're like, you're 16, 18 in, and all of a sudden your, your little boobies are burning. <laughs> and, it's, and you're getting more and more wiggly, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do 50, dude. I'm, I'm burning out at 20-something. And Wayne gets in there, and he's spotting me then with just the bar. And so I'm imagining, like, people looking like, look at this dude. Look at this dude. I'm struggling shaking (laughs) and he starts just ever so lightly just spotting a little bit just adding just helping me to get it up there back up there again I'm shaking he's got to add a little bit more he's got to add a little bit more and I get to what I'm like dude I am and he keeps yeah you got this it's all you that's all you I'm like, I'm at like 36, dude, I can't, and I, and eventually, I remember kind of noticing, like, I think I was pulling on the bar. (laughs) Like, it was no longer, he's saying, it's all you. I'm like, dude, it's all you. (laughs) It is not me at all. This is no longer me. He's saying, it's all you, and I'm like, that's it, when we are weak. That's when he starts to, to step in and give us that thing that we don't have. Step in and give us that thing that we don't have. His strength is made perfect in us, in our weaknesses. His strength is made perfect. It says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, who have their, their minds set They set their minds on a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage, a journey, a knowing that this isn't just a a destination that I'm getting to right now. This is an 
ever-increasing process that I'm going through, that my mind is set on this thing, that God has more for me, I'm on my way somewhere. Blessed are those who have their minds set towards God. It says in Scripture to set your mind on things above, not things below. In Colossians, that whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, that that we're to think about those things. Scripture says that as a man thinks, so he is. That, you know, know, I can't just, some things that's not going to happen with. I'm not going to, like, I can't think that I'm going to be an NBA star next year. And all of a sudden it happens. But for the things that are good, the things that are praiseworthy, the things that are lovely and pure and excellent, I can set my mind on those things and I can start to shift my way of thinking because what you think about matters so, so much. So much. Are you somebody who says, like, I, I just can't sleep? Do you ever say, I just can't sleep? I can't sleep. Quit saying that. Quit saying it. Because I say that, and then you know what I do? I don't sleep. We can speak so many different things into, into being because it's kind of the way that we've been designed in the image and likeness of God, that he speaks things into being. And so, you know, do you believe that you're not going to be able to do this thing, or do you, do you believe what's pure and what's true? That, wait a second, I, that's not just about me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not just my stuff. It's, there's a backup generator that's way stronger than I am. Watch when this thing kicks on. Your circumstances right now, you might be in the valley. You might be in the valley. But you can have your mind fixed on God. You can have your mind fixed on what's next after the valley. What am I supposed to pick up? From the valley? What am I supposed to learn to do in the valley? What am I supposed to um, grow in while I'm in the valley? My heart might be anxious, but my mind is fixed, and my mind is fixed on my God is good all the time, and that He's for me and He's not against me, and that the work that He started in me, He's going to bring to completion, that He's going to do these things, and I can fix my mind on those. And it can start to change my circumstances. My emotions might be racing. My soul might be aching over something. I might be sick over it. But I can fix my mind on things above. Um, About 12 years ago... um, was one of those one of those times where I feel like I was on a mountaintop and things were going really well and it's a good time. Um, Christmas is a, a beautiful time around church and we have all these incredible just love is kind of abounding around Christmas time. And I remember about about 12 years ago or so on Christmas Day, um, I got a phone call super early in the morning, right away, 
before even uh, anything else was going on, I think my kids had started opening their presents. And I get a phone call from um, two of my really, really close friends, Josh and Brooke. Um, Josh and Brooke had been on this journey to become parents for several years, and they had tried everything, and they had multiple miscarriages, and just everything go wrong that could go wrong, and failed in vitro fertilization, and, and one thing after another, but they ended up getting pregnant with twins, and it worked, and it was just such an exciting celebration. They, they had been trying for so long, and it's one of those things, too, where there's so much there can be so much joy and so much pain around it. When you have a, a group of friends who they're pregnant and then they're pregnant and then they're pregnant and then they're pregnant, if you're in that place and that's what you want and it's not happening, it's just, it can just be soul crushing. And they, they end up pregnant with twins and it has just been, we've been celebrating it for, for months. And, uh, the, the phone call was that they, she, she went into emergency labor, and they were way too early. And they were way too early to possibly make it. And that um, she was just getting ready to give birth to these two boys, and uh, they said they would only last for a few minutes. And they just called, and they said, we just don't know what to do. We just... We just need you to pray. I don't, they were just, you're in that place. I don't know what to do. And I'm just crushed on the phone with them. And I'm crying along with them on the phone. And we're praying. And I just, you know, you, in su such a time, you don't want to say the wrong things. But the thing that just kept coming to mind, I just kept coming to mind was that, man, I, God is going to do something. God's going to do something with this, and you're going to have a family. You're going to have a family. You're going to have a family, and it's going to be okay. And, and I remember her saying on the phone, like, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can handle this with God. Like, I don't know if I can handle this with God. If this happens, and it's already on, the, it's, it's happening right now, and I don't know if I can handle it with God that I might just give up and just praying that that they were going to see him move and that that everything was going to be okay even though it feels like everything is not okay it says as they pass through the valley of Baca they make it a place of springs the autumn rains also cover it with pools you might be in the valley but you need to recognize and set your mind on the fact that that's not your destination it is not your destination that you are just passing through that you're just passing through even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I don't, I don't park there I don't arrive there. I don't say this is this is my this is my spot now. This is where I was supposed to end up. 
A lot of times you're in the valley and you just want out. You just want out of the valley. The way out is through it. It's through it every time. And we just, we just want a magic button. We want pixie dust type thing to happen. I just, want to be, I just want to be out of it. The way out of the valley is to go through it. You end up getting scratched up a lot of times and you end up getting dehydrated and you end up getting all sorts of things in that place. But it says you're on your way, you go through it because you're heading to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, that Zion, is the house of God. That's the city of refuge. That's the place of peace that you're, you're heading towards. To get to that city of refuge, you have, to, you have to travel through the Valley of Tears. And for a lot of us, uh, the valley is the pathway to that place of peace. The valley is the pathway. It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. In the King James Version of the Bible, it says they make it a well. They make it into a well. And so when you're in a dry place, if you're in a survival situation and you are dehydrating, you're running out of water, if you're in that place, the survival move is to dig a well. And not even some kind of crazy deep well that you're going to strike. No, you're, you're talking about you're trying to find puddles, right? You're trying to find puddles you can drink from. Well, you've got to start making those puddles. You've got to start making that well where you are in that dry place so that when it rains, it can fill up so that you can survive, so that you can be okay. And so you dig this small hole so you can catch some rain. One of the things that I love about, about the way Jesus works is so often he, he, he pretty much says to us, if you show me your faith, I will show you my faithfulness. That if you show me, man, dig a well. Dig a well and I'll fill it up. Show me that you believe that I'm going to do something to take care of you. Show, show me that you believe that I'm going, to, I'm going to see to it that you survive this so that you get through it, you go past it, and you grow. He says, stretch out your hand, get up and walk to the, to the crippled man. He, he invites him into an act of faith. He says, show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. So you believe that you've been crippled since birth, that you're never going to walk, that you're never going to be able to open your hand, that you're never, show me, open your hand, show me your faith so I can show you my faithfulness, so I can heal you. This is a, a passage of pain, but I, I find myself loving these passages more and more because it, it's, it's a promise. It's a passage of pain, but it's also a promise that if you dig it, God will fill it up. If you draw near to me, he says, I'll draw near to you. These promises of if, these things that Jesus, Jesus gives us ifs all the time. If you do this, I'll do this. If you show me that you have this little bit of faith, I'll, I'll, I will show you that you're going to be okay. If you make room for me. I'll reveal myself. I'll show up. If you invite me, I'll speak. 
God rarely like reveals himself to us when we're in a rush. Like imagine that um, Moses with the burning bush, the sign from God that he was getting. Imagine like blasting past that at like 80 miles an hour. Just snaps a picture on the way Instagram story. Burning bush, boom. Yeah, I don't know what it was supposed to tell me. Not sure. If you're in a rush, if you're in a rush, man, it's, it's really, really easy to miss God trying to show up in some way. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. To prepare yourself for the presence of God. You know, when I... When I got that phone call from those friends from Josh and Brooke, um, I just remember being on the phone with them and not knowing what to say and not knowing what to pray. And I didn't hear an audible voice from God. I didn't hear an audible voice of, tell them this. <laughs> it never was work like that for me. It's just things that come into my head that, like, a lot of times I, I don't even, they're not, they're not things that I, that I actually think. Like, I'll have my doubts about things or I'll, I'll, I'll just feel like, you know, I'm a pessimist. And so when something comes in and it's optimistic, when something comes in and it's filled with hope, I'm like, oh, that might be the Lord. <laughs> and so I didn't hear any audible voice from God, but what I heard to say to them is you're going to have a family. God's going to give you a family. And they're saying, but he's taking our family away right now. And I said, you need to know that that's not God taking your family away. That the enemy, Satan, he's the one who comes to steal and kill and destroy. That is not the work of God. Don't give God credit for things that he's not up to. God is in the business of working with what he has and turning it into something incredible. Romans 8, it says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In all things, that if you have a bunch of rotten ingredients that seem like they're nothing but garbage, that God has this ability to come up with a recipe, put it into a blender, and give you this incredible smoothie. Like, I can do, I can do something incredible with anything. He's in that business, and God is saying that you're going to have a family. God doesn't ever say that you're not going to go through valleys. Um, some people become believers because they think it's going to make their life easy. Um, sorry. What we're promised is that we're never going to have to go through a valley alone. We're never going to have to go through a valley alone. That if there's a storm, if there's trouble, if you're feeling weak, if it's dark out, he says, here I am, your light in the darkness. He's your peace in the storm. He's your joy in the midst of the trouble. He's your strength when you're weak. He's your spotter when you're like, he's saying it's, it's, all, it's all you. And you're like, I don't have any of that anymore. It's all you. You're dragging my arms up and down and making it look like I'm doing. And that's what he's doing a lot of times for us. He's just making it look like we're doing something. We can enjoy him on the mountain, but we get to know him in the valley. Yeah. 
um, and my friends Josh and Brooke, um, they, they went through several other horrible trials and the valley was, was dry and the valley was harsh and they just kept going through it. And they said, we're just standing on the promise that God's going to give us a family. And man, they have a beautiful one now. They have a real good one. They had a, a, they had a son. Um, they, just had, they have the, the smartest, kindest kids. They ended up having a, a son and then a daughter a few years later. And these little kids are just... I, and every time I see them, I'm just like, man, those kids were prayed into existence. Those kids were prayed into existence. And, and they're just so good. And they're just so good. And they're just such good parents. They're such good parents. And I'm just so, I'm just so reminded whenever I run into them. I'm like, oh, my God, that was a valley. Man, that was a valley. And they just stood on it, and they were just like, you know what? And they couldn't explain it either. I just remember talking with Brooke, and she's like, I know that I said I was, if this happened, and, you know, those little little babies died. And, uh, And it was just devastating, and I was so afraid that she was just going to completely withdraw from everything, and she just said, I, I don't know, I just feel like, I just feel like I'm going to see them again at some point, and that they're going to be just a part of a bigger family that God is building for us. We can enjoy them on the mountain, but we get to know them in the valley. Psalm 139, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your spirit? Like, have you ever been in that place where you're hiding from God even? That you're, you might be fed up even. You might be just in a valley and you're low and, and it's dry and you just feel like giving up. And yet, he's in that place. And in Psalm 139, David says, where can I even go from your spirit? Where can I go? Where can, I, where, can I, where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. This Christmas season that we head into, I'm looking forward to celebrating just who Jesus is, that what it means that he was born, what it means is that God is with us, that, again, we're going to go through those valleys, and he says, yep, and I'm going to go through it with you. I'm going to be right here with you, and I'm going to keep working. Even in the valley, I'm going to keep working. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the ways that you move and the things that you teach us and 
that incredible way that you're able to make something beautiful out of something terrible. And I pray that any of us who are in the valley right now, that we would look around, we would stand up, and we would keep on walking. God, if we're in the valley, that we would get to work, that we would dig a well, that we would show you an act of faith, and we just rest on the promise that you're going to show us your faithfulness, that you're going to come through, you're going to you're going to fill that up with rain. You're going to give us a drink. You're going to give us strength to, to go further and to walk through it. And that we're going to be a person who is able to handle more. We're going to be a person who is powerful because we know that it's not just our power. We know that we're tapped into something way more. That if I feel like I can't do this, I can't make it, I can't. I can't go any further, that we would just be okay with that and know that I can't do it, but he can. I can't do it, but you can. Jesus, we love you and for the way that you are. I give you my life again and again because it just keeps being worth it. Help us to be quick through the valley. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, God bless you guys. Hey, thank you. Thank you, so many of you who have walked through valleys with me. Thank you. If you would like to be prayed for for anything, we're going to have some prayer team people over here. Uh, they'd love to pray for you. I hope you guys have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.